Show me them hatches. Yeah. Oh. I gotcha. The boost is badass, and I zoom right by you. Seven foot five, Krispy Kreme on the tire. Krispy Kreme on a tire? Krispy Kreme on a tire. Donut. Oh. See? They say, they say you didn't have bars. You don't have bars. Doo-doom, 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 doo-doom. All right, see? I'm going to tell you this right now. What up? Don't ever go to Savannah and say Bootsy can't rap. He's, he's like Jesus down there. Oh, yeah? Yes. It's, um, it's quite unfortunate to hear. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. That's like um, going into the theater looking like a lone wolf. It might be. What's the plot to this episode? <laughs> because this is episode 38 of 3P Said Podcast. We're live from Dead End Studios. Is it, was this your last episode? It's my last episode. The motherfucking last episode. Let's go out with a shebang. Let's go out with a bang. All right. Um, what are your controversial truths? Um, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, come back to me. Okay. Anybody else got any controversial truths that they would like to part as someone with before he leaves? You're an integral part of this podcast, see? Controversial. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, um, if real honestly, if it wasn't for you tweeting, hey, I'm, uh, I'm offended that no one has asked me to be on the podcast yet. I saw you tweet that. As during the time I'm thinking about doing a podcast, like, oh great! This is I took that as like a sign from God. Like, okay, Ashley, you should start a podcast. Word. Well, I'm glad you did it. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride this whole time. Um, nice. Sucks that Sassy's not here. Um, yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Again. Um, but yeah, it's She'll been be real. back. Oh. Uh, My only con- excited. <laughs> 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 the only controversial truth I got I love is it here. Uh, Power is still an awful show. That's not controversial. Um, the tra- new Travis Stock- Scott documentary is also fucking awful. <laughs> um, it's why white kids should say nigger. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, that's what I got from that documentary. Look at all my white friends, bro. The documentary. <laughs> Travis, Travis, I got a fucking tattoo, man. No, no, no. That shit ain't real. Yeah, huh? You know, it's just a lot of uh, white kids talking about how Travis Scott changed their lives, and it was just looked like it could have been. It was it was interesting to me because I know Travis Scott is a huge Kid Cudi fan, and that was like some Kid Cudi esque shit. Because if you ask any Kid Cudi fans at a concert or some shit, like, oh my god, Cudi saved my life. So I guess he saw that and was like, yeah, I'm having having the big brother effect. But what type of problems are you going through in your life? (laughs) After all, this was... Is it sicko mode? Um, (laughs) The opioid crisis in white America. (laughs) Okay, good point, good point. Uh, Have you ever watched Euphoria? No, I tried watching... That's the Travis Scott music video. I tried watching like the first 30 minutes of that show and I was just like, um... I don't know. I don't think I need this this type of problems in my life and just kind of cut it out. That's fair. Look like a fucked up show. That's cool. It's it's pretty fucked up though. Yeah. It's a good show. Like I want to see what they'll do with a see in season two, but it it didn't seem realistic to me. Like this wasn't anything like my life. But apparently, a lot of people are saying like 
especially white kids, oh, no, this is what high school is like currently. This is like my everyday life. I was like, I don't know what y'all little niggas going through. The high school I went to, a lot of kids were popping pills and shit like that. So I can kind of relate to Euphoria. But I, from what I saw, it looked a little over the top. But you know what had niggas popping pills in my school? What? I'm a pill popping animal. Syrup sipping nigga. Syrup, syrup sipping nigga. Syrup, syrup sipping nigga. I'm a pill popping. Nigga just fought in my, my bathrooms. That's That was all. That was that was the main problem. We were just fighting, fighting in bathrooms. We were just fighting all the yeah. time. Did y'all have doors on your stalls? Um, to be honest, I never used a public restroom like that. I didn't either. You ever see anybody on pills getting a fist fight? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's a if it's a combination. But high school was was way different from from when I was in there. Yeah, start watching Big Mouth, the new season yet? No, but that is out right now on uh, Netflix, and I heard the. Hormone Monsters are getting a spinoff? I haven't heard about that. I watched like the first couple episodes. I don't know. Maybe that could just be some Twitter shit. I hope not. I hope, I hope it is. That would be weird. You don't just, want the just, Hormone Monsters? Just the monsters have their own show? I think About the Monster World? That would be lit. I feel like that sounds better on your... It sounds like a Comedy Central show that only gets two episodes and then immediately canceled. I feel like it sounds better on paper than what it actually yeah, kind of... Yeah. yeah. And the result would be... Cause they only just t- focus on the hormone monster. That's why I thought the depression kitty and <laughs> just be a lot of weird jokes. Yeah, yeah. Dude, over the they're they're really they're really great when they're sprinkled in, but when that's the whole cake. Agreed. I feel like they're trying to have some message in it. Like even like every season of Big Mouth has some type of underlying message to it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I see what you're doing here, but so far this season, funny. they seem to kind of be diving deeper into sexuality. Um. And it's it's pretty funny to watch. I'm not gonna spoil it. It's good though. It's good though so far. Uh, if you had to rank the season so far, including the special, I barely remember the special, so I'm not gonna include. Isn't it. that technically the end of the season? No, it's a technically first episode of season three. Yeah. Oh, this is season four. No, this, this is season, season three. three. Yeah, the so special was season uh, episode one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So isn't it that season? This season but, is season three. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. sure. Whatever you're saying, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'd probably give it like so far an 8 out of 10. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Big Mouth is still that weird show where it's like, at the end of the day, it's still like little kids. And at some point in time, you kind of hit that thought, that, that, that would cross your mind. Like, oh man, it's like, I don't want to hear about 12 year olds talking about sex. That's just sound. It's just weird. It's weird because it's like twelve-year-old kid, animated twelve-year-olds with adult voices <laughs> doing adult things and acting like adults in every single way. It's just like the setting is their children. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Um, yeah, I think there was an entire episode about all the different pillows. One of the all the different pillows Jake could fuck, mm-hmm. and then it ended with him fucking a turkey. Uh, that's just the type of weird ass fucking show. It Wait. Is. <laughs> well, yeah, that's big mouth in that yeah. show. I really enjoyed the show though. It's like, fun. It's, it's good. I was like, oh man, this is. She got to be pretty fucked up to make that show. Yeah. Imagine all the jokes that don't make the cut. They are too far for TV. And this is Netflix. They're too yeah. far for Netflix. Come on, come on, son. I think it was what was it during the special when they like showed everyone naked? I was just like, fam, these. Yeah, I, got really yeah, I remember like, that episode. I was just like, they let, they let this rock. Like, this is this is okay. Yeah, you see some big X. You see some weird 
you see some kids in some weird situations <laughs> in that show. Yeah, I'm not trying to get to the point where they're like, you know, 14, and then one of them loses their virginity, and then they just go a little bit too graphic with it. Uh, because they go, because like certain shows go too far. You know, they, they show that, like, uh, what was it? F, F is for family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they show like the dad's balls, like, yeah. it going into, like, I don't want to, I don't want to see something like that for like, a, it's, it's like, I don't think they're going to draw child porn. Let's, let's, you, 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 Bro, be, you would be they surprised. Were close. I mean, I mean, they were very but close to the shower scene. I mean, the shower scene is very. Line. Yeah, this is true. But weren't you saying, well, going back to before, weren't you saying that you felt awkward about um, that big girl and her posting videos on Pornhub? And how that just made you feel awkward? She's supposed to be 16. It wasn't that specifically because, you know, clearly she's of age, but it was like... The concept. Yeah, just that concept. I'm like, yo, so that's cool. I mean, you know, granted, if you're of age, you're free to do what you want. Yeah, that's just you know. It makes it makes no I, shame here. It makes me think of I don't know if I told this story, but, but I know I know it happens. Like I know this shit happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know if I told the story in the podcast about the one time where I think it was either my senior year or my junior year where uh, it was at the end of the year and our principal was the the principal over the uh, the morning announcements. He was like, "Hey, listen." Uh, we've been going over the camera records and we know y'all been fucking. So if we got you on camera fucking, then we're going to suspend you. Either we're going to suspend you or you can't walk. And the first immediate reaction was, why do you have a bunch of film of obviously underage kids having sex and them holding that against them? So like what like what like where where like, somebody like, just has to exclaim, Did you jack off to it? It's just like very it's like very it's like and they and they held and they held to that, you know, they some people got actually got suspended for it. Like they actually held to that to that thread. I'm just wondering like how how who like who who's Were they that? picking and choosing who got suspended? Yeah. Like if they went through all the tapes, it's like, oh, that's them having sex and then they would show you and then they would show you the tape of you doing that. <laughs> like, yo, let me get that sit to you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that angle is Yo, like you went through all these tapes and then you, you you're using it against them, but then there's like their saved copies and it's like spliced into like okay, this they is made a mixtape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like technically there there are there was like a mixtape. Somebody was up. Maybe they got somebody from the AV club to go edit this shit. It's like it's, it's still like, child pornography though. Yeah, it's still, oh, yeah. It's still like it's still child porn. It's like I don't understand why you don't just like even though it happened. It's like why isn't that swept under the rug? Like you like you couldn't get you didn't get you didn't get them in the act, but you got them on camera and then. Saved a copy of that and then yeah. yes. you just got to delete yeah. all the that shit. That shit was wild. Yeah, I don't think that will rock now because um, some of that shit I would just charge to the game. I don't understand why nobody just sued straight up, just sued. Yeah, no, like that's they're a, probably too scared. But uh, that's like a criminal offense. Like for example, if we were all in middle school, right? Right, and I get a nude, and then I send that nude to all of y'all. Like, bro, look. You going to jail? Y'all, oh, y'all, like, y'all, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's just like the all the administrators still work there. It's like nobody, nobody's parents was like, "Yo, we this is not okay." Even even if that did happen, like what you did specifically as administration is not okay. If I'm the principal and that shit happens, I might just ignore the film. Honestly. Wait, so did they look at it after the fact? Or? Yeah, they looked at it. It's like they went through. They went through the past. So it was like it, it would have been. Saying. It could have been like it could have been either that year or the year before that's what that. I'm, like that's what it I'm saying. Like the year before that. It's like, bro, that was last. That was like a year ago, and you gonna bring that up and let hold it, that against me? Let it go. 
Yeah, like, let that uh, shit go. Because it's child porn. <laughs> for, you know, first and foremost, and then it's and like you had to look at it close enough to identify it was me. Yeah, that's yes. what I'm saying. At the like, same time, on, they had so. to identify that it was you. So that's what I'm just saying. Like, let that shit go. Uh, the whole time, I'm like, bro, that's not me. Prove it. Yeah, that's not prove, me. Prove that's prove me. Prove that was me. Mm-mm, I wasn't there. But this is clearly a in uniform. That could be anybody. We did. I'm like, nah, we gonna drag this one out. Who's gonna crack first? Nah, the closest thing we had to that in our high school was students fucking teachers. So that was. Oh yeah, that, that was that. That, that was, was very rampant at my school as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I remember our freshman year, maybe not even three weeks into school, this guy and his girlfriend got caught fucking on stage in the auditorium. On stage? Yeah. There's like. How was it like? Was it like a comedy where they're like fucking behind the curtains and somebody pulls back the curtains, like the whole student body's out there just sitting there waiting? No, no, no. It was like just on. They were like had drama or something. Oh yeah, drama kids are weird as shit. Yeah, they weren't in. They were. I don't know. They were down there, and they were on the stage, and they didn't. And the way the uh, the stage is set up, like, you can walk from the drop from uh, one of the classrooms directly on stage. So they didn't want to do it behind the curtains because that's too close to the classroom. They want to be heard. So they was doing it in the middle of the stage because no one was supposed to be in there during that time because it's not like people just be in the auditorium. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, they were. I guess it echoed, and when it came in. And like everybody saw, yeah. The thing, the, pro, the crazy part was the girl was butt ass naked. Wow! And they still had his clothes on. Damn! And the both of them got suspended. It was like we just heard about. it. I was like, yo, what the fuck? They're wild. You should. I, was like, like, I remember there was like it going in, going into the theater. There was like this kind of like it was like you walk in and there's like the door and there's like this hall, this mini like foyer area, and then yeah. you get to the theater. In between those areas, it's kind of it was like in an enclosed space, no cameras. That would have been that would I mean that's I mean that's where I used to go because <laughs> it was because it was I, mean, like, I put it all out like there. like after school it's, it's after school it's a separate it's a separate building for mm-hmm. the theater and nobody like, it's like it's, it's like the theater nobody's supposed to go in there especially during the times where it's like there's no plays there's no nothing going on and the doors are unlocked so if you even if you do you go during when the, you know when the school is you know the school is going and it's unlocked you, yeah. you, you slip something under the door keep it unlocked so at any given time you know it's, it's normal that people will stay there after school so you go there go through the door. No cameras, and you in there in an enclosed space with the dim lights. She was, uh, bruh. Anyway, no, that just reminds me because I know people. This was back at uh, in college, at least. Uh, <laughs> there were people who worked in a certain building on campus. Uh, we'll just call it flashlight. Oh, no, no, it wasn't that spotlight. Oh, nigga, I was trying to give it a code name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, 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 still, it's, still, it's still vague enough. Yeah, it's still vague. Not, wasn't good enough. Not everybody went to the same college. Yeah, that's true. But it was really the people who worked in that building, the student center. They were like, yeah, at night, the student center is pretty fucking empty. So I would be in, like, couches and shit smashing. I was like, what? Multiple people who worked there have told me this, that they would find a low spot and smash. So wherever y'all were taking a fucking nap at, somebody was clapping cheeks. Wow. wow. The advantages of having those jobs. Like, I always thought it was, you know yeah. what I'm saying, those are cool to have like, when, when you were a freshman or sophomore. But position on campus, yeah. pun intended. <laughs> for, for a reason. Yeah. School's fucking dirty. That school's fucking dirty. Need but I was a commuter. So <laughs> <laughs> need a fucking wet wipe every you sit down at Georgia State. <laughs> That's why you have to have two jackets, one to cover up the chair that you're in and one to cover up your face in shame. Yeah. Moral of the story is... Uh, Keep the wet wipes on you. Keep the wet wipes <laughs> on you. Uh, speaking of fucking students, fucking teachers, uh, Dear White People Season 4 
It's supposed to be the final season. Yes, yes, yes. It is cut, uh, officially announced it on their inst on like the characters' Instagrams. What is it? Like, the actresses, the actors' Instagrams. Yes. That was cool because it took a long time for season three to get greenlit. So I'm surprised it happened so fast. It's probably is because it is the last season. Yeah, they're like, all right, go ahead, finish it up. And that's yeah. a, that's a good place to stop. Like especially after the third season became like different. Yeah. So I don't think we ever talked actually talked about Dear White People season three yet, but um, I also think it's cool like the fourth season, the last season because you assume like every year is a different year there year year you're in college, so this would essentially be their senior year, so it'd be the end of the fourth season. Well, it's not like season one was their freshman year. Yeah, but was it? Was it not? We don't know. No, it wasn't because they referenced freshman freshman year, but that's besides the point. Yeah. So, um, did any, did any y'all, yeah, did any of y'all watch season three of Dear White People? I watched a couple episodes. I haven't even seen the movie yet, dog. Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> actually, I heard the movie is not that good. And the season one of Dear White People is essentially the movie, except season one just goes more in depth. Mm-hmm. I... And they have different characters, like um, the main character, what's, it, what's that guy's name? Sam. Sam. She's played by Tessa Thompson in the movie, instead of who plays her now. And um, Logan Browning. Yeah, Logan Browning. I have a short list of uh, light-skinned women. So it's the same characters from the movie, but different actresses and different actors? Yeah, everyone, mostly. Some people. Yeah, mostly everyone in the mo- that played in the movie plays their character on the show, except for Tessa Thompson. And the guy who's on um, Everybody Hates Chris. Tyler James Williams. Yeah, he was the gay guy. What's his name? Lionel. Lionel. There you go. What is he up to nowadays? I don't know. I remember he was on that like a season of The Walking Dead. Yeah, he was in a couple of different things, and then all of a sudden, he just kind of fell off. I don't know. He's gonna get buff, come back for like a Marvel mm-hmm. movie or something. We'll see if he can get cast in like Black Panther three. Yeah, but um, Dear White People season three was very, very like meta. Like literally, it starts out talking about that's Netflix now. Yeah, just being super meta. Now, one they took a shot at, like Hulu. Very, very, very early on. Like, oh, all right, that's that's kind of funny. And then it's points and times like I don't know if you're making these references and jokes for the sake of the show or for the sake of how you feel about what you're doing. Like a lot of it was season three is like he, the writer's always making a comment about how he felt writing this show, which I guess you know he. Dear white people gets a lot of backlash for it. Is dear white people a show for black people or is it a show for white people? I know a lot of like black people watch it. It's like this isn't like the Cleveland uh, show. Yeah, like this doesn't do. I fucking anything. hate the Cleveland show. Like this doesn't do anything for me. And it almost seems like he wrote season three as like a a clap back to all those people. Where I was like, I have to, you know. Um, there's a character on the show that's essentially Tyler Perry. In the whole show, that he spends like shitting on that character, and to the end, that character's like, "Well, I have my own studio. I do all this stuff. That's the the work I'm doing is actually rooted in black culture. Whereas the work you want me to do, or the work you're you're glorifying, it was made by white people. You're just a black person doing it. So why we'll make sure we'll make sure art better than my art, just because you look at it as slapstick or something like that, you know? So you have all these inter conflicts, and it's just like. I don't think you're talking. I don't think you're talking about this show anymore. I think you're talking about yourself and your reflection of writing this show, or how they even make a joke early on, like, "Dang, it's almost like the characters in this in this season, um, their whole attitude changed. They're acting in ways that are not normal." 
based on what's previously been stated about the show. Like they literally like these are literally a conversation they have in between each other talking about a show they're watching, but but they're alluding to themselves. Yeah, they're alluding to themselves. So it's like, huh. That's the exact reason why I didn't like this special for uh, Rockwell's Modern Life. Yeah, that yeah. gives that like word for word. That's exactly what they were doing with that um, with the writing in that show. Yeah, and then compared to the Rockwell's Modern Life, the Invader Zim special was way better. Yeah, in compared yeah in comparison because the Invader Zim special they were they actually brought back what was best about the show. Yeah, and highlighted that instead of trying to. And they even they even have the same sort of things like, so you've just been gone away this whole time, just waiting for him. He's like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and they got that out the way quick, and then it got into what you know, whatever plot the movie was in. Yeah, but Invader Zim had like a the design plot of the show. You feel me? Whereas Rockers Modern Life is more like I want to say like episodic. So like every episode is self, meaning every episode is self-contained. So what's the real plot of modern of Rockers Modern Life? You know, like you gonna bring it back? What what would you bring it back as? You would just pick a random subject and talk about it instead of just talking about yourself. Yeah, I don't want to come back anything, and do the show. Any, yeah, talk about anything, anything other than just you writing about you writing your show. It was like, okay, I guess I have to go and write this show. Thank you. Yeah, but that was that special. Do y'all like it when shows get super super metal? No, I hate it. Samurai rejected it well. Um, there's good. There's good ways to do it, and you know, some some are just way better than others. I feel like it's lazy, to be honest. It depends on execution, man. Elaborate. Well, I mean, writing about yourself is very, very easy because you're writing about your feelings instead of coming up with something. Because especially when you're writing about something that's uh, that's outside of yourself, something that's fantasy, something that that's cartoonish. Especially so something like that's kind of, especially you know with Rocco's Modern Life, everything is completely it, like it's it's of course like of course there's like a subject. It's always about you know what you know being modern in um, the current times, but at the same time, it's still random. It's still uh, you know a self-contained idea. But when it's something that's meta, you're kind of like forcing yourself into it, and it's kind of like takes away from. Um, especially you know with a show like that when it's when it's never when it's never been like that. Um, I I just think when you when, when you're writing about yourself when you've never written about yourself because writing I think writing about yourself is kind of lazy when you when you're a writer. I mean, especially you know when you're supposed to be I wouldn't say supposed to be when you're intending to write about something other than yourself. Well, you don't say the best. Well, most authors, everything they write is based on. Something they either experience themselves or someone very close to the experience. But it's way, I would consider it way less direct than when it's meta. Okay, I'll give you that. Like, I think meta is like putting like putting yourself, it's, it's like, meta is kind of like putting yourself into the character, staring back at yourself. But when you're writing from experience, you're still in a third person perspective writing your view of the world. Instead of you being, you know, kind of like, kind of like, it's, it's almost like feedback. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like, you know, when you're writing meta, it's like, it's kind of like feedback. Like there's well, you know, there's good feedback and then there's bad feedback. Do you like Izzy when things are meta? I'm not sure I'm following what we mean by meta here. Okay, well, what do you, how do you define meta as? How do you guys define meta as? So I, I define that a little bit differently than Josh. I think, when I think of meta, I think is you talking about real world events or current day events, either talking about yourself or things that apply to you. And you're doing it in like an ironic way. Gotcha. Like it's like a way to address something without saying, "This is how I feel about the like." If we used to have a whole episode talking about the presidency or whatever, right? I was all, "This is how." Instead of 
coming straight out and say this is how I feel about Trump, I would be alluding to talking about I don't know. No. I don't like my principal. My principal should like be fired. Every episode of South Park ever. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um I like it when shows get meta. Um it just depends on if it's done well or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it could be a story that's entertaining if you don't realize how meta it is then it's done well enough. Um otherwise no. Like I I hate when it's too obvious. Like, uh, don't throw it in my face. Let me figure it out eventually, you know? Yeah, like Spike Lee. Like Spike Lee. Yeah. Like, like when, um, when Community got really bad because of how meta it was. Because, like, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't just like, okay, you have, one or, you have one or two, you know, speeches, but it's like throughout the entire season, like, you could see, throughout the entire season, you could see how much he hated right in that show. And it's kind of like he was talking to the audience saying, like, hey, you know, I understand that. Um, the writing's gotten bad, but hey, you know, it's a show that I've been writing for six years and when it's not yours anymore and stuff, you know, things are happening and it was, it was just, wait, it was almost like, almost like a letter, almost like a letter to the audience. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't, I don't like that at all. So did you like Evangelion? Evangelion? Uh, I didn't watch any of the movies. I just stopped where, wherever the series is. I would have to go. Yeah, I, like, I would have I'm to not, get it. I mean, like the season, did you like? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I like, I like the darker animes. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I really I really liked it, but I, I didn't feel I didn't feel like that 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 was meant. If if it was meant, then that's great, because I didn't I guess because I didn't know too much about the creator. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't. If it was meta, then I didn't realize it was meta. Yeah. So the uh, the guy who makes it, the whole series is all about depression and how and he, <laughs> how he goes through the stages of grief. Yeah, and like the, that, like that I, that I can understand that yeah. I, that that's I feel like that will be that's good meta because I can see that outside of the actual creator because other people can relate to that specifically. Mm. But I think the meta that I don't like is when it's very, very, very specific to the person that's writing it. Yeah. So, like, a lot of times, like, he said he saw himself as, like, stingy to a certain extent. So, like, the the fact that losing his mother felt like everything you do is a failure and you don't know and feeling frozen in the moment. And it's like, that's how he felt at the time. And um, the conflict he had with his father... Not feeling loved, like everything about like, the more you learn about the the guy who made Evangelion, the more you realize that like, oh, this is why the show is like this. Yeah, and essentially, he like said he wrote like a you know, he read a um a psychology book like right before he started making it. So essentially, he just said like I'm going to make the most tripped out show, and he's like the president. Like, this is my my last shot. This is the last thing I plan on making, and he was like literally like contemplating suicide. I said so much death and. Death for the ego and so much, you know, things like that. So yeah, it's it's really interesting what you yeah. uh, saying. Um, I think another, I guess, like another good example of good meta would be like Ada Waits and Heartbreaks because you like you understand that he went through like he like he broke like he broke up with his uh, fiance. He mm-hmm. his mother died, and then comes this album, and like you can feel you can feel everything that he's going through. You have an understanding of the you have an understanding of the artist, and then through the medium, you can feel that. But at the same time, it's not so. And I guess it's not so spoon fed. Yeah, I don't, funny thing about Adios Harper, I wrote a paper about that in tenth, eleventh grade. Nice, for my English class, and that was the first time I realized I was like, I was like a good writer. Yeah, my teacher's like, no, this is great. Like, you should enter this in like competitions because my whole point of the the paper because it was an IB. So the right to present a work, you had to talk for twenty minutes. So you had to write something. You could do a painting, whatever you wanted to do creatively. You can do. But it'd be 20 minutes long. So I wrote like three pages about 808s and heartbreaks. Nice. But I had to allude it to um, the book we were reading. So I wrote about uh, The Great Gatsby. Okay. And I said, like, yeah, 
how Kanye was Gatsby and this is his life and the album correlates here because, you know, they're both in the search. I was like, 808s and Heartbreaks is, you know, um, big bass and heartbreaking and the eight, like 808s is just circles. So it's like his life, he's going around. He keeps going around in these circles and the only thing that's constant is his heartbreak. Like he's losing his fiance, he's losing his wife. And he's like just so sad and depressed, but this is what happens. This is the constant cycle that he's in. It's the same thing with Gatsby, how he was constantly searching for um, whatever that girl name was. So yeah, it made me think of that when he said that. Yeah, I remember. I remember when the when the album came out. Uh, when I'm, it's like when, cause like that. It's like that album was so sad. Um, mm-hmm. During it's like during the time, and then one of my best friends died during like that during like that season of the album come out. I remember I couldn't listen to coldest. I just couldn't listen to this. I, could, yeah. I, I straight up could not even listen to that song anymore because it was just like it was like too it was too much. Yeah, it's a, that is a great like breakup album. So like I only listen to Eight and Heartbreaks and I'm like really yeah. sad. You know what's it was it was, actually, it was funny as shit. It's like he broke. It's like he broke up with his girlfriend during. He broke up with his girlfriend when that album came out. So that was like that was always the joke that you know that was his that was a uh, close album to him. And then he died during the same season. It was like then I started listening to the album again. And it was just like oh man, certain like certain. I, it took me a long. It actually took me a long time before I could listen to like. A lot, maybe even maybe not a lot maybe like a couple just a couple songs off of that album yeah. because of how I guess like how deep he was into it yeah. um, considering the subject matter yeah and it was so crazy because It Always Heartbreaks came out less than a year than Graduation but Graduation came out of what 2008 yeah I think it came out like November December and then It Always came out like the spring of the next year really I'm trying. I'm trying to think because I remember graduation, I graduation coming out, and I remember I was in. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's right. I was. I think it was eighth, eighth grade. Eighth grade. I was in. Graduation came out when I was in the eighth grade. And yeah, then, 808s and heartbreaks dropped tenth grade. I'm pretty sure I was like 2010. There's some distance in there, but but anyway, yeah. I guess I guess that would be a, a decent example of uh, de- like decent like. No, decent graduation matter. came out in 2007. 808s heartbreaks came out in 2008. So it's just like you know, right it's, there and there. Yeah, it's like they came out a couple months apart. Like it's a year technically because it can't. Graduation came out towards the end of 2007. It uh, always heartbreaks came out towards the beginning of 2008. I was like, damn, this nigga just and it sounded so different and they sound so contrastly different from each other. And Kanye never came out with an album back to back that fast. You feel me? So I was like, huh? It was so. I had a Volvo at the time. It blew oh, yeah. up my speakers. What kind of Volvo did you have? I had a 940 GL blah, Volvo. Ooh. It was champagne. Champagne. Yeah, champagne color. Champagne. Yeah, man. Bruh. I love that car. What happened to it? I got in a wreck my senior year. Whose fault was it? It was the other person's fault. This oh, old white lady hit me. That sucks. Damn. I feel like at, at a certain point, I'm a, I think I'm going to be like my dad because he he's he's getting to the certain age and he's uh, retiring. Um, So he just, he's, he's, um, he, like he just got a new job with more money, so now he's just buying up on. He's just buying all the cars that he grew up with, mm-hmm. and he just uh, like just today I went uh, went and saw his his new uh, his new Mercury. Um, it's like it's like this Mer- it's like this Mercury that's no longer production. It's like the th- it's like a Thundercat car because like all the em- it's like there's like a there's a license plate the th- you know the, the the Thundercat sign the emblem the logo mm-hmm. that was like the official logo for the car. So it's like so it's on the rims. It's on the. Um, the steering wheel is great. I think I'm a, I think I'm gonna be like that when I get older. It's just like I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy my old Volvo 350. I'm gonna buy the the Lincoln Town car. I'm gonna buy uh, an Acura Vigor. All of that, just reminisce. That's legit. The Earth will be on fire by then, though. So I mean, yeah, good luck. It'll be them. easy to steal. 
You know, <laughs> it'll be a wasteland. <laughs> Ziggy move us to the land of fire. Is 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 that part of California? That's what it's called, the land of fire. I mean, half of it's on fire. Are you moving they to the earth part? benders and fire benders? Yeah, are you, we are, have are water you, benders and air benders. Are you moving to the part that's on fire? Yeah, that's exactly <clears throat> it. I'm literally moving to hell. It's just um, meteors coming down from the sky every day. Uh, <laughs> the, the earth could break at any moment. Earth could break I at mean, any moment. I've ever seen. Actual thing. There's like any like six of the apocalypse movies that The Rock did. It's it's just like that essentially. <laughs> um, just Jumanji. Not, just not the one that had the giant monkey in it. Um, but yeah, Jumanji. That's exactly what California is like. Okay. Jumanji. I mean, you just never know. It's, it's, it's on the other side of the the Japanese w- nuclear waste. So. Oh. Thank you, thank you for that, Josh. I mean, you know, you know, there could be like a you know, like a, a lost, mon- a very small monkey island in between there. So, like the nuclear- a monkey island, monkey island. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you, I didn't you, know you were a colonizer. Come on, man. You see, you've seen the Galapagos. There's like, there's Turtle Island. There's like the specific bird island. There's probably a monkey island off the coast of Japan that got all the nuclear waste. And so, years and years and years of this building up until uh, you know who's man? There's treasure buried there. Who knows? No, dead ass. There is. What type of treasure? I've heard about it. Plutonium. <laughs> I can't wait to get as far away from you as possible. Hey, bro. Apparently, you're going closer to the monkey island. <laughs> so, who's really, who's really, really winning here? I don't know. Not the monkeys, that's for Not sure. Not the monkeys. Okay. Oh, that's fair. Uh, so, uh, sticking to Kanye, our... Jesus, as of this recording, Jesus is King has still not dropped. We keep talking about it and it hasn't come out yet. Quit giving this nigga what he wants. Who's listening? Who's waiting for that album to come out? I'm actually no. interested to see. That's, uh, if we didn't like Chance the Rapper's album, why would anybody <laughs> like Jesus is King? Yeah. There's supposed to be a movie attached and he's going on tour to churches promoting Trump. Imagine going to church and they let Kanye West in. If you don't question your religion <laughs> at that point. Hey, they did that either. Uh, he went to um, yeah, Newburgh. I, I can't even lie. I would have wanted to go to that. They like Regular church members couldn't even get in because there was like a line at the church from like 5 a.m. You got niggas like Travis Scott at your church, saving people's lives. That's exactly what it means. Yeah, Just giving niggas um, baptism and vodka. But it is an actual album. And it does have a whole documentary going on. But like it exists. Maybe it's like clearance, sample clearances that he's trying to get filled or whatever but he says he's n- no longer making like secular music and that he's you know he wants to he wants everyone to consider him like a gospel artist now I heard him say that uh, didn't Snoop Dogg do that Satan runs Los Angeles it's believable yeah it wouldn't surprise me still got good tacos though yeah I'm just fire <laughs> Yeah, but really, none of you are interested in it? Like, just what the album sounds like, what he's going to do with it? Not really. Uh, I mean, if I got a notification on my phone, I just try to make sure the Do Not Disturb is on. (laughs) You're wondering why do I have a notification for that album? I'd try and listen to it, but very low expectations. Because I I listened to that... uh, the full, I guess, like the full album that leaked, mm-hmm. it was like there were certain, there was like three songs on there that I really liked, and the rest was just not something that I wish I listened to. So um, I'm not looking forward to the album, but I will, ch- I will, I'll check it out eventually, not anytime soon. Because I remember what was the last album that came out? Um, 
Ye, Ye is here or no? Ye and then um, Kitsy Ghost is technically it. Yeah, I listen, yeah, I listen. I listened to Kitsy Ghost recently, and I listened to Ye maybe like a year after because I, I you just it, I don't really I don't really mm-hmm. care. He just look. I th- I felt like Kanye just lets me down too often for me to be excited about anything that he's dropping. I mean, I pre- I appreciate what he's doing with Sunday Service because I listen to this. I listen to some of the songs that that he remakes. The you know I, I appreciate the costume. Uh, um, I appreciate what he's doing. The concept of it is great because you know when I when I was going to church, that was one of the main things that I that's the one of the things I, I liked about church is because the church that I went to had an amazing, amazing music program, and so he kind mm-hmm. of like bringing that out. I appreciate that fact about it, but you know, is is I'm I'm really not looking forward. I wouldn't say I'm not looking forward to, but it's just some, not something that I really care. No, about. the one the one I'm looking forward to is that he, he brought the clips back. Oh, really? They don't like the last. Apparently they're on like the last track of the song, of the album. Ooh. And it's going the whole like two shoulder thing. Ooh. Push your T rapping from the persona. Like you know the the good devil. You got a, the devil and the angel on your shoulder. They yeah, like that's... doing that. And I've always said when Malice, now known as no malice, said he's no longer wants to make secular music. I'm like you could still do a clips album and just do it from the perspective of like it's this young nigga from the hood and he's like either gonna become a drug dealer or become like I don't know. Then again the last the last clips album when that's base that's kind of like basically what they did, but it just Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't was I think they could do it a lot better. Like they can not to say they have to do like a good kid, Mad City yeah, or I something mean, along those lines. But like, like what what made it. I guess like what made Malice great wasn't the fact that it was talking about, you know, Cocaine is, you know, he's still, a, you know, he's still, he's still a good rapper. He's still a person that puts, you know, who can put some words together. Mm-hmm. So, but, but no, no malice understood. Every time, oh, at the time malice. Every time he rapped about coke, he never rapped. He didn't glorify it in any sense. Like even, um, even said like something like, you know, I, I know that's when I knew that I ain't shit. Like I'm out here selling drugs to people's parents and moms and treating them like zombies and mistreating them. I'm doing all this bullshit, and I know it's some bullshit, and I recognize it, but. It affords me the lifestyle for my for me, my wife, my kids, my family. You know, therefore I'm gonna do it. Even like, on even on yeah. the like the first album on the intro. Like yeah. it's like he like he I feel like it's like like push it's like push your T one hundred percent you can say that he glorifies drug dealing. Oh, yeah. But at the same time he like uh malice he uh, he kind of like person. He kind of like personifies it yeah. of like this is actually something that's going on. This is like the, he makes it re- he makes it I, I guess like real. He makes it um uh, I guess he takes the sh- he takes the shine away from drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's always like a good, the great balance between the two. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if the it's almost as if the clips was like Young Jeezy split into two. Yeah, yeah. Because like Young Jeezy, like Young Jeezy, he he wanted he wanted percent like glorifies drug dealing, but at the same time he'll give you the real of what it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, moving the weight with the pies on you. Yeah, that's always the the best mark of like a great drug rapper, a rapper like a trap artist, however you want to label them. They have to talk about both sides. You know, like you can't just one hundred percent glorify all the bullshit that's going on, all the bullshit that you're doing, and not talk about the consequences you have to go through. Like, well, push it to you. He, uh, one thing he said once the clips broke up, he had to do it by himself. He said the hardest part for him was to have to bring that duality. Now, like, I can talk cash shit all day. I can talk about the ju- the jewels and the cars and the chains. That's easy. That's nothing. But now I gotta talk about like the bat. So he write. So he writes uh, alone in Vegas. He writes um snitch. He writes these songs that's like, yeah, this is. The result of all this, Jeezy, on on every album Jeezy has, he starts out and he's like, "Yeah, this is the shit. All my 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 friends are in jail. Like I'm the only one here. It's it's crazy. Um, even Future, on Future, he had no matter. <laughs> 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 he had the one song, Air Blue, with the flu, uh, uh, mask off. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone loved that song. Everybody blows up. It's crazy. He's talking all this shit. And then the last song on that album is Feds Did a Sweep. And that shit down there brings tears to your eyes. And he's like, yeah, all the he, all this shit he rapped about, all the shit in the whole album before that comes up in this song. And it's like, yeah, the feds did a sweep. They saw all this bullshit we was doing. And all my niggas got locked up. Uh, these niggas are dead, and they might as well be dead because they never come down to jail. And that's the result. And that's how he ends the album. So if you can listen to this whole album, and all you get is mask off, and you don't get the feds of the sweep, that's on you. You feel me? And I said that always marks a great example. Of, uh, if you're going to rap about drugs, and you only glorifying it, that leads you to leave, oh, you never really sold drugs. Or if you did sell drugs... You bought an eighth and you broke it down and sold it to your friends or some or some shit like that. And now you think you're a trapper or something. Or you went to the doctor and you hurt your shoulder. He prescribed you some oxycotton and you didn't take it and you sold it to your friends. Like it's not you weren't the actual. Oh, see how these niggas do a nine to five. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. Re- you wasn't really selling drugs or something like that. You know. So that's 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 always been like my number one market. Like oh, if you think someone really like sold drugs or not, if authenticity matters to you. Does that matter, y'all? Like, as a rapper, you want your rapper to be authentic to who they are. Yeah, it, and and I still I still think all rap is uh, performative, so mm-hmm. it's it's really like not that important. It adds an element to it. Like, I yeah, I want you to make music about what you know, and if it's not something that you don't know, it kind of becomes obvious. Um, yeah, like I, I guess I don't want. I guess like the reason I wasn't really a fan of Takashi because it's like. You're, it's like, I, like when, when it's like, all, come on now. Yeah, when it's all, when it's obvious, like, yeah, this guy is obviously not a thug. He's not, you know, he's just a regular random person. He's a fucking mm-hmm. clown. But you're rap, you're constantly rapping about murder and violence and drug dealing and drug use. But that's never, that's never been a part of your life. When that becomes obvious, then it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be into it. But it's, it, but it wouldn't necessarily be, you know, the defining factor of whether or not a, uh, you know, you know, I like a rapper, you know, an artist or something like that. Okay, so like, we can understand. Like, I'll be hurt if Jeezy never sold a pie. That would hurt me to my core, like, damn it, right? But what about, like, Kid Cudi? What if Kid Cudi never did hard drugs? Yeah, I feel like I'd kind of take away from Jay-Z's story if he was never actually a drug dealer. If he, and Jay-Z didn't really lose 92 bricks. I, <laughs> I, was, just, I, was, I was just going I to say, I don't know if I can look at him the same. It's like I can't look at him the same. You can't. Takes away from the legend, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, he almost lost Beyonce. Yeah, but Drew, you're... Exactly. Drew, you're a big Kid Cudi fan. If Kid Cudi never did drugs, would that seriously affect you? He found like, yeah, all that drug shit I was talking about. It just sounded cool on the beat. I mean, I know that's not true, so I can't even I can't even imagine that. How do you know that? Because I've seen it. I don't think I've ever really known Kid Cudi to be a heavy drug user. That's not that's not why. That's not I don't that the personification of Kid Cudi that was uh, being a heavy drug maybe like a you know a weed smoker but a heavy drug user. What the fuck was that? Was, even that was when never he was on heavy drugs, he didn't really talk about. Hey, I'm out here fucking. I mean, no. yes, he did. I mean, on 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 yes, Misery Mr. Two, he yes. was like straight up like I'm you doing hear, cocaine. You can hear him snorting Cold motherfucking. You cane. can hear, okay, but who didn't do cocaine? Okay, all right, all right. Wait, that's, wait, it, is it, that it, the defense? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that is the defense. <laughs> he can literally hear. I mean, like, four tracks, like come on, son. I'm yeah. doing and right after that. I'm doing. Blow. No, you don't remember? What was it on MySpace? He took a picture of a jar holding next to his head, and it's like, yeah, damn, it was on YouTube. Yeah, it's like, damn, Kid Cudi's on heroin. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not on heroin. I'm just rich enough to afford my drugs. I can just buy Coke by the jar now. He's like, no, I'm rich. My cocaine comes in a jar. Yeah. I think he did a flex, but okay. Yeah, I think he did an interview with Joe Rogan. And he's like, yeah, he calls himself like, you know, he's on the song, I Am Your Big Brother. 
He's like, yeah, because at one point he's online on Twitter or MySpace, whatever, and kids were like starting to do the drugs he was rapping about or making songs about. And they were like, hit him up, like, yeah, I'm about to do DMNT. Like, is there anything I should know? He's up there giving them advice, like, oh, yeah, you better, you want to lay, you want to, you know, you want to lay down, you want to do this. Like, a lot of people, like, he would knows he makes a song that inspires somebody to do a drug, and then they ask him for advice. So he felt like, yeah, it's part of my duty to tell you about these drugs that I'm doing that now you're going to want to do. So I would feel hurt to a certain extent. Well, I don't know. I feel like it's more reactionary. Yeah, it's like it's like regardless, he's still going to he was he was still probably going to be doing those drugs rather than that. He's going to be you know coaching somebody else through their you know come down or something like that. But um, yeah, I I just never I never knew him for that. If he was like, yeah, actually, I was never I was actually never depressed. My father never, my father never, you know, didn't die when I was young. So, he, you know, here's how I say more hurt about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, if he, if he lied about that, then I would, that would be more, like, if if somebody lied about what, I guess, like, what makes that artist. One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody lied about, you know, whatever subject matter that personified you that artist. the younglings. The little Wu-Tang, they didn't really like Kung Fu movies. I don't see that happen. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I can, I can imagine, like, some of them was like, yeah, I wasn't really into that. You know, it's just, you know, the whole group thing. But um that's just some shit RZA did. I don't know, I just, what? Man, nigga, that shit wasn't cool. We had guns. <laughs> yeah. Are y'all are y'all, are y'all watching the uh, the Wu Tang? Nah. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it. I How need to it? watch the episode that just came out this week. How is it? Wait, they're releasing it week by week. Yeah, it's yeah. weekly. That so sounds first, fucking awful. It's it's a struggle. What is it? One because I, I, I really like it, but Yeah. So it tricked me. It tricks you. Well it tricked me at least. The first ep- when the first drop the first three episodes it's the first three episodes boom Ooh, get you so, hooked yeah so you thinking okay cool every Wednesday they gonna drop three episodes bet no no ever since then it's week by week and I'm just like bruh. they got y'all that makes sense because dropping three at once giving you enough to binge for a little bit mm-hmm. and then you're too invested to stop to Lit. stop watching it yeah that Lit. was that first taste free you could tell you could tell Rizzo you used to sell drugs just for that yeah but um I really do enjoy it because it's Autobiographical to a certain extent. Now, some things I you can assume are embellished, and some things is like this. There, they say this that never told before a story. So a lot so, of shit's exaggerated, like fuck. The literally the first scene is Raekwon shooting up Ghostface Killer's house. Yeah, this that's shit's... the first. That's the first scene. Yeah, this shit's um, reminds me of the NWA movie where the first scene is like the feds literally ripping off the Doing front the of Easy's house <laughs> <laughs> with like a fucking army Humvee. Um, you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that shit was insane. Yeah. But they, but they did say that was that in like in the like in the streets they actually did have beef. I, I feel like that was that was like the dramatization, like mm-hmm. having 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 that scene. That's the dramatization of like them actually having beef in the in the in the streets. Hey, you shut up! I mean, it's New, it's New York in the eighties. Like you know, somebody yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they probably are like shooting each other. I'm just like though. Well, how's that conversation go? Hey, you shot up my house, but you rap good. Let's be on a rap group together. I'm waiting for that scene to be honest. Yeah, like how, like um, how, like how could you possibly pull that shit together? You shut up. You my shut up. You shut up. You know my handicap, my handicap little brothers and sisters and my mom's in the crib, and you shot it up. But fuck all that. You can rap. Let's let's get in the same. I'm waiting together. for that scene. Like I, I appreciate this. They're sticking to. They're going. They're going like piece by piece with um. Mm-hmm. What's the name? Like Rizzo. You know Rizzo going with the yeah. Tommy Boy and the, you know the song. The song that he had out. Uh, I, I that aspect of it and like the everything that was going on at the time, I really appreciate. So I'm I'm every Wednesday. Yeah, every it, Wednesday. I'm it it so. does a great job of putting you in the mindset. Oh, like, this is New York in the '80s. Like 
This is what it was like. Yeah, the fa- I mean, yeah. even the, even the, even even the, the fashion, fashion and the fashion is amazing. How they talking? Like the old school cars It's like, oh yeah, they put. You can tell they really put some money behind this. I was like, okay. Yeah, I can't even lie. It's still just it's it's still just a little. It's just a little bit corny. Just, it's like because like everything. Like I feel in like, CGI. So what? Like the pigeon CGI? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like that one Wait, episode when it was like cartoons. It's pigeon CGI. Yeah, yeah. it's one episode where. It's at the it's at the end though. Yeah, it's at the end where like they just for whatever reason it's like yeah we're just gonna CGI all these pigeons. Why? <laughs> I mean, what what, ha- what happened was the scene is like uh, one of the one of the characters got killed by a cop and it was like it's New York so there's a bunch of pigeons and then it's like mm-hmm. during it's like during that at the exact same time the pigeon is flying through I guess like flying through yeah. you know Park Hill and it's seeing like the, you know the different char- the other characters what's yeah, going on at just, the same time. And the pigeon was stopped in front of each one of the members of the Wu Tang who were there and like witnessed it happen. And then it stops, and you know the other members that are there as well. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, there's like the Lincoln Factor, is a CGI picture. Yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're, it's like every it's like every episode they'll do they'll do something like that. Because right. I feel like all like everything that is Wu Tang is like a, it's just there's a little bit of corny element to it. Maybe mm. maybe it's just like you know my generation just missing it or whatever. But like every single Wu Tang thing is just a little bit corny, and they have that in the, in the show, which is which is fine because it you know there's there's enough of a balance to where they can have a little bit of you know. A little bit of that to where it's not yeah. it is, to the point where it doesn't ruin the show. Yeah, the show isn't corny in and of itself. It's just like you said, just some little elements. It's like I wonder, like, did they actually try to train a pigeon to do this and it just wasn't working? <laughs> yeah, did they train the pigeon? We're and blowing then, a budget on the pigeon. So they, yeah. they said, "Fuck it, just see the pigeons." Like, there's there's certain parts where it's like they're just like they're just start they just start rapping. Yeah, yeah, that was like that was like that's kind of that's kind of weird. A little, like a little bit, like I like maybe, maybe because like I, I do understand where like niggas actually do that shit, where it's just, they'll they will just start rapping in front of you. That's a real, that's a, that's a real life thing that actually it's a happens. real nigga thing. That's real. It's it's all, but it's always awkward. Mm, but I guess in the, like was it was it awkward? In, was it less awkward in the eighties? You know when hip hop was still like you know booming, when somebody would start rapping in front of you, that you will be accepted because it's still new. But now it's just kind of like if a nigga start rapping, it's, it's, I just gotta leave the, the entire building. Yeah, they had the, they showed up the, like all the little ciphers people have like randomly in the park. Yeah, you walk around, everyone just starts freestyling. If I'm chilling, yeah. and a nigga pull up to me and just start rapping. I'm gonna assume he's trying yeah, to. It, would, me. it wouldn't even be yeah, that. Nigga, it would be like they'll, be do, they'll literally be doing anything, and niggas just start like in the jail, like in the jail scene. It looks mm-hmm. like this niggas just start rapping, and at any given point, it's like, oh yeah, like you just be on the blocks, like oh oh yeah, I read this shit, and it just start rapping to you. Nigga, get me out of here. Get me out of this fucking jail. <laughs> Send me to Alcatraz. Oh, oh you please. Walk, it's about you walk into your apartment building, and this niggas just in the lobby, just freestyling. I'm gonna have to all flash right. the, the piece, yeah. like, all right, hey, yeah. bro. But, it, but I mean, that is that. I mean, I remember um, the the people that uh, the, the group that I rap with. Uh, they used to do that in front of the elevator at school, mm. like like literally just like around the elevator, like it's whatever you know, whatever homeroom or whatever break that we have um, during the day. <laughs> they'll just be, they'll just be rapping in front of the elevator. Yeah. So that, that's a real. That's I guess like that's yeah. a true element of like you know you just be a group of people coming together and it's like somebody just start rapping and it just becomes a cipher. Yeah, I remember on Rockefeller in the nineties, they said you you can get up to the building. There's two days. Tuesdays was for producers, Wednesdays for was for rappers. I think it was Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So on Tuesdays, the producer, you come in with your tape, with about three to five beats, and you take it to you, and they'll send it upstairs, and someone will sit there and listen to them. That's have, very. That's, I, I, feel like, time, I feel like that's very. That's very very smart because you can, yeah. you weed out people just run up. They'll just run up and do that shit all the time. It's like uh-huh. yo, just come on fucking Thursday, yeah. and we'll actually listen to it instead of like all the all the random times. Yeah. So they'll come in, they'll listen to your tape, and that's uh, maybe not not really Jay Z, but. 
on like every this is like some, somebody yeah, within every the camp. Yeah, somebody use like a, is a beat on there from someone you never heard of before, and that's like they they first time they got. On. That might be the only time they got on, but this, that was your chance as a producer to get to New York, to get the Rockefeller Building on that specific day, and hand them your tape, and they, and hope they liked it enough to put on there. They said on the Wednesdays, that's for freestyle battle. So if you was on Rockefeller and you happen to be in the building that day, they say, "Hey, what you doing?" All right, we got this nigga in here. Now you got you rapping for your contract. So you you getting that freeway? Oh, freeway you in the building? Okay, cool. Now you're freeway. You're a great freestyler. But now it's twenty niggas in this lobby, and each one and if they any one of them get you, they get your contract. And all you gotta do to get on for Rockefeller? No, never show up for a That's shit. That shit's hot. That shit's hot. Yo, Trent, you coming through yeah. that? Yeah. You know, on YouTube, like, I'm, you know, I was looking up like different freestyle videos. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll see like the, you know, the, the freestyle with DMX, though. Yeah. The one with, but it was, I remember seeing the one with like, it was like DMX and Jay Z. It's like during the tour. And uh-huh. there'll be another one where just like, yo, some, it'll be like some, like security, like some security guy would just be in a cypher with Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. Randomly like that. That's a, that's how I was. In fact, um, Dame Dash tells a story like how he used to ride Jay Z around looking for LL Cool J. Man, this is like in the eighties when LL was still like one of the biggest rappers in the game. And his whole thing was he wanted Jay Z to battle LL and destroy him. <laughs> this nigga's gonna do a so drive street, by. <laughs> so the streets <laughs> went <laughs> yeah. So the streets were no like nah. That's it. That's a, that's the that's what the culture was in New York. If you was the hottest nigga in your hood, then you had to go to the next hood. Then had to be the hottest nigga in Brooklyn. And if you the hottest nigga in Brooklyn. Now you gotta go to Harlem. Yeah, that, I, would, I, that would be an amazing uh, tournament arc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why like why is that why is that like a, another like mini series of like the eight, oh, 80s like, New York when you have to battle the different boroughs and that's a different like season. Like tuning exams, but it's just niggas <laughs> rapping. <laughs> the forest to death just niggas spitting. But it's the mm. but it's like a it's, I feel like I feel like these I feel like today that would be that would be dope. Yeah. Since like, people are like people are really nostalgic about 80s uh 80s hip hop. That would be dope if somebody did that. Yeah. Somebody listen. I know y'all I know y'all are. I, I, we know steal y'all this, are. Still this idea. Yeah, but credit us and pay it's us. It's free. In fact, you don't have to credit us. Just pay us. Yeah, yeah I'll take your money. Keep pay us. Would love to be consultants. Yeah, I would love to be compensated. What? That way. Um. Any of you guys listen to the Baby's album, Kurt? I listened to the first. I I heard the general consensus was that he should kind of be his features guy. What do you think? So the baby needs to vary his production. Like he's a very He's got that same guy. Jay calling it up. To a certain extent, yeah, which is funny because they're both from North Carolina. But, like, he's going to rap how he's going to rap. And he doesn't rap the same way in every single song. That's an over, overblown statement. But all of his beats are at the same tempo. And how he uh, comes on the tracks the same, like, he immediately starts rapping. Like, yeah, he, he he's raps a lot. He doesn't really, like, change it. He doesn't vary his flows up. Like, it's... He does sometimes, but like, like he's the male um, making a stallion. Yeah, like when he when when he starts rapping on the song, that's how he's going to end rapping on the song. It's like okay, that's what he that's what he does, you know. Yeah. So it's just like if he ever got like a a different group of producers, or like if he had someone that really like executive produced one of his one of his albums, I think he would that would do leaps and bounds for him to bring out different to bring out different sides of him. You feel me? Yeah. But right now it's just two kind of one note. And if you listen, you can tell it's not that. Like he does vary it up a little bit. He does does he does different things, but if you just kinda have it on the background, it's like, oh this kind of sounds like one big ass song. Word, yeah. So But it's a good it's a good album. I can't hate on it. Are any of you guys like listen to the baby? Not really. Not really. 
I mean, I, ch- I checked you know. out that album because just just generally because um, I saw it, it was available, and mm-hmm. I had time to listen to it. Um, it's 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 cool. Um, I really don't have much else to say about it. Yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. it's not like he's a bad rapper. It's, like, it's, just, not, it's, like, it's not like he's bad, but he's also like not great. I, w- I don't want to say he's not good, but he's just not a bad rapper. So is his most of his fan base like are most of his fan base women? Like, is it? Uh, no, would you say his rapping kind of appeals to them more? No, I want to say his fan base is probably closer to 50 50. Really? Like, women like him. And I think I've just never heard a dude say anything good about his rapping. I feel like. I mean, is there really anything good to say? More of hood niggas would probably try and fuck with it. I feel. Or maybe the hood niggas where he's from. Yeah. 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 He addresses the baby. He has a very specific crowd, and he doesn't. And it's like he doesn't want to appeal to anything outside of that crowd. Doesn't want to sell out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I if I want to listen to that that version, I guess that type of rap specifically, then yeah. Like I, I like there's times where I really appreciate a a uh, a the baby feature or mm. like a, I know for, I know I'll probably go back and listen to Kirk at a later time. At least mm. I guess because he's consistent, you know what you're gonna get. Every yeah. Time. Exactly. Like if I hear Pusha T on the track, I know it's gonna be about. Dealing drugs and mm. some a bunch of rich nigga shit. Yeah, yeah but y'all's gonna get, you know you're gonna get like a lot of good wordplay, yeah. and metaphors, and yeah. If I if, if I know featuring two chains, I know what I'm gonna get featuring yeah. two chains. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the baby's in this weird position where he's he, he's the only rapper to ever make it out of Charlotte. So not North Carolina because you know this little brother there, Shay Cole. This North Carolina as a whole, but like as far as the city he's from, he's like the first and only like rapper to make it this big. Yeah, it's weird because how, char- how big Charlotte is. Yeah, so it's a major city. So he's just like, huh? He's the first one. So it's like, how do you operate in that aspect? You know? Yeah. If you're the, like, you don't have anyone to show you the way, or you know, and the way how he raps is completely different from J Cole. So yeah, I'm sure. I think literally from every other person that came from uh, North Carolina is different. Yeah, even Rhapsody, little brother. Uh, even what closest thing to him was Petey Pablo. Petey Pablo. Yeah, he, I guess he would, he would be the modern Petey Pablo. Yeah, how long ago was that? About twenty years, maybe at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was like fifteen. Yeah, so like as the ba- as the baby and the type of rap you do, who do you go to for? I don't want to say guidance, but like, who do you look to? Like, okay, people are saying this about like you'll think a great person for to talk to would be J Cole. Like, hey J Cole, people are saying this about my music. People say this about your music. How do you overcome this? Ignore him. That's what Chico does. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I feel like you don't really need to be to Charlotte to offer that type of advice. I mean, there's plenty of other people making the same type of music in the same in the same position. I don't think the city that the city that you're from will really, you know, affect the type of advice that you would get. Because, I mean, who should you talk to? Yeah, I'm saying, but who do you who do you talk to in that in that lane? I mean, any any other rapper that makes the same type of music. I don't think I don't think the city. I don't really don't think the city will make a difference. Because like all the, I feel like all the. I feel like he just needs to listen maybe, to this maybe, episode. Maybe, maybe just because of me, because I don't, I, I don't listen to that type of rap as often as anybody else. So maybe that people can, you know, see the difference between them and have somebody that they can talk to. But it's like me, me personally, I feel like all of them, all everybody in that in that genre, exactly the same. See, Say anybody who's on the next level, he can talk to them. I look at it like. I think it's because we're. We're in Atlanta. We've been in Atlanta for a long time. That we can we can say that, but the vibe you get from when you hear rappers talk about it's like yeah, it's more to the south than just Atlanta. And as a nigga not being from Atlanta, I totally feel that. Like I hate when people 
I say I'm from Georgia, the first thing they say is Atlanta. I I hate that. It's like, no, other cities in fucking Georgia besides Atlanta. But Yeah, like two. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is like, bro, we, we live in fucking Georgia, dog. Like, let's be real here. Let's be real here. This is a state. Uh, I wasn't going to say nothing. I was going to let you cook me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm going to put it, like, if, let's say, let's, no. say t- let's say tomorrow I get that call, like, boom, you up there. Mm-hmm. And so, let's say I'm, I'm, you're there, I'm there for, like, a year, and then I wouldn't necessarily, I, I honestly would not talk to anybody. Like, if I wouldn't say, like, hey, who in my city is there? I wouldn't talk, like, I wouldn't look I wouldn't just look to my city for advice I would look to the people that have like who the, the artists that have, that have inspired me some of them are from Atlanta but I wouldn't necessarily be you know focusing on the artists that are from Atlanta because mm-hmm. they're in that position no I'm saying like for the baby let's say he's not he doesn't write like the Migos but let's say the Migos and the type of music they're making the baby they're adjacent to each other I don't think he can go to the Migos and talk to them because like they have a, such a unique sound to them that's like there's no way he can talk it's no, it's who, like, who does he talk to in Atlanta without sounding like he's copying the sound of Atlanta? You feel me, bro? All he sense? needs is a nigga that says, "Bro, get a different, get get some get some new production, get some fresh." Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think. But it's, then again, it could be like this: what he likes, like you got to yeah, like, artist, artist taste comes into play. Like, like let, 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 him, yeah. let him talk to uh, let him talk to like Q Tip. Let him talk to Rick Rick Rubin when it comes to like you know evolve, evolving your sound to to. To another height. I don't think I don't think it, it's specific to the city because Yeah. Speaking of Q tip, he just executive produced on Danny Brown's new album, if any of you guys listen to Danny Brown. I actually heard some of it. It's out already? Yeah. I'll check that out. Came out Friday. Okay. Just I Friday. saw a picture of like old Danny Brown and Danny Brown now and I was like, Oh shit, those are two just, different to guys. To be honest, I saw the I saw the track list and I saw the track list and I was just like, This this I I'm, I'm gonna have to actually check this out. Yeah, well Danny Brown said like he wants to change his look for every single album. So like every time he drops a new album, he wants this him physically to look different. So you think he's in a different mind state for each album he drops? He's like, this shit works so far. I, think I mean, he's like that's, five, that's cool. He's like, he's like four or five albums. He's like, uh, I mean, I, I I hope my hair can keep doing this. Shit. I like artists who switch it up every single like every album is is something completely. You know, I like that. I mean, that's one of the, that's I wouldn't say that's one of the re- one of the main reasons, but that's one of, that's one of the reasons why I really like uh, Tori and Moi because every mm-hmm. every every album has the Tori Moi sound, but it's com- each album is completely different. So, so I, I do like I do really like when artists do that. So is there a difference between Fade Jones and Afro Jones and Dread Jones? Oh yeah, definitely one hundred percent one hundred one. I could yeah. I could I could pick t- I could pick it all, and all the time that I've been uh, producing. I can I can let you know when there's bald there's bald there's Baldy Jones, uh, there's High Top Fade Jones. There's budding dread zone, Jones, and then there's like longer length, uh, and there's glass. This this this, this entire this entire era. So I can understand that. Do you think you could ever go back to high top fade Jones? And do yeah, that I, I always think about like when if if I would eventually cut on where to go, would I get the waves? Where I just like do the high top? I'm 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 really wondering because I'm coming up on I think I'm up to I'm at five years now. So in two years, I can either uh, go back to waves, or just go straight to high top, or go waves then high top, and then grow them out again. No, do you think you can go back to that sound you were making then? <sighs> no. Yeah, that's no. What, that's what Danny Brown said he had to do with this album. No. Q Tip, he's like Q Tip is Q Tip, right? But Q Tip likes this sound. He's like this specific Danny Brown, and that's the sound I was doing ten years ago. Yeah, I don't think that's any. What, I don't think any artist has really done that ever. Yeah, but that's what Danny Brown said he had to do. He's like, I had to basically forget everything I've been doing lately. And almost like relearn how to rap, 
and then relearn how to do it. Like, and then relearn what I was doing ten years ago. I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine doing that because I guess like when you're an artist, you're writing. You're writing. You're writing about or, or what you're putting into your music. What's what's in your environment? What you've learned up to that point. So to say. You know, let's say I had to go back 10 years, but in 10 years, I've learned so much and having to ignore all that I've learned from up until like a certain period of time. I can't imagine like the mental gymnastics that you have to do that. Yeah. but like, like, let, Let's let's say let's say when you first started making music, you, you didn't know anything about instruments. You didn't know everything was just like everything was just like natural. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, at a certain point in time, you took piano lessons and then guitar lessons and you took, you know, different jazz theories and all that stuff. So that's music that you're making now. And then let's say you had to go back. And make a sound. Go back and try to recreate a sound before you understood an instrument. That's mm -hmm. something that you can, you just can't. I've I've never I've never even thought about like that's I don't, that's yeah. that's a concept that's just like yeah. just so not so, even yeah. That's why I'm like I never listened to like Danny Brown's work. So I, knowing that makes me want to listen to this album and then yeah. listen to his whole discography like to see the differences. Yeah, I would love I, if he like if he if he actually did it. I would I would love to listen to that. Just just the general concept, just out of my mind. Yeah, but I guess it's easy when we have someone like Q-Tip like guiding you. If he's executive producing, he's pulling this out of you. I guess that makes the situation easier. But I know take artists like Currency. Currency say he didn't know how to uh, count bars. Like so, if you listen to like, all it through Pilot Talk to all that Currency say, yeah, I got the beat. I knew from minute one to minute to the from the first second to the thirtieth second was like a hook, and then I knew from the thirty second to a minute and a half was well, I should. Write a verse, so I just make my verses that length. I mean, I, I, no I feel idea. like we're, it's, I feel like it's easier with rapping, depending on the producer, because you with producing, you just say, "Hey, the song sounds like this at this point in time, and the song sounds like this at another point in time." So you just rap in between and just yeah. make sure whatever you're saying fits in between those two yeah, periods. Said, that's, of time. That. that's how you made songs. Like, it wasn't until you got with Styles P, and Styles P taught him how to write like a sixteen bar verse, and then since that, currency music has changed. Like he doesn't rap like he. Like since when, that when, point, when when uh, when was that? What, what can, you, can you picture? Oh, when the they did that it, tape, yeah, it was the mix that he did it was for the Super Bowl. It, it was, was like Super Techno Bowl. It was no, it was like an EP. Not, it was like an EP. EP. It was like six episodes. Styles P and it's a Styles P and Curse. It came out like our freshman year of college. Oh, so, the one with um, Monster Beast did it. Yeah, I think so. The first forty-eight. I, th I feel like that's what it was. I, I actually say. really like that mixtape. Yeah, but he said that was the first time Styles P spun that whole time. He said, ironically enough, Styles P was in New Orleans. And Currency said he just happened to look down his window and saw Styles P walking from in front of his apartment. He's like, yo, Styles. And Styles P looked like, Currency, oh, little bro, come here, little bro. Came out there and Styles P was like, damn, they sold him some shitty ass weed in New Orleans. And like, nah, they got you, big bro. Fuck it, let me get you, let me get you right. And then, so you seem like, you know, got him right, got him some good weed or whatever. And it's like, hey, man, I got you this weed. What do you take? <laughs> it's like, I smoked you. Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, <laughs> mean, <laughs> I got a studio right here. He said, that's how, and that's I how they did it. I 100% I, I understand that. He said, yeah, so, so that's how they did that. They made the tape and they put, dropped it on Super Bowl Sunday. And he said, during that time, it was almost like, Curtis said, that's almost like a rap camp he went through. And like, Styles B told him, how, like, this is how you structure a song. Yeah, this what was. And Curtis has been rapping for so long. Was, before was that before or after uh, Spit It and Dreddy? Oh, I want to say before. Before? I want to say it was on that because I think Spit, 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 Spit and Andretti was like the first was the first um, winner was the first winner break of fresh of uh, freshman year of college of 2011. So winter, so I guess like so like the Super Bowl's on in February. So 
Spinner and Dreddy came first, and then and then first forty eight. Okay, yeah. it was then by the time New Jack City came out, currency's rapping different. Oh yeah, New Jack City for the bitches. Yeah, it was the first twenty eight. The first, first twenty eight. The first twenty eight uh, grams, because that's an uh, ounce. Yeah, probably. There you go. Do the math. Yeah. So it's so I was like, huh? So you can tell if you go back and listen to old currency, like Fast Times at Ridgemont Fly currency, Pilot Talk Two currency. They don't. This is a different sound, but you can tell currency is still kind of rapping the same. And then you look at like the Stone Immaculate, and yeah, this came out in twenty twelve. The first twenty eight. Yeah, first twenty eight. First twenty eight. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah, yeah, that time. yeah. So you can tell like the the, the pre when he got with style speed currency and the post currency. Like he rap like how he structured <laughs> songs are differently. When did uh, I was about to say when did three piece set come out? That was like twenty. That was twenty twelve as well. But that was probably after that mixtape too. Yeah, this is when currency was on one of those runs where he's just dropping shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I, th- I think I was really I, w- I think I was heavily listening to currency ap- up until that point. I think after that year is when I stopped listening to it. Yeah, that's when I started to. It's like it's like too. It's like I was like, oh man, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And then he so just kept dropping. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, like last was it last year he dropped a mixtape every, every fucking month? month. Yeah. Or maybe like the year before, I can't remember. They dropped it like the last day of every month. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get back in the current. Oh God, he just keeps dropping. <laughs> it was crazy. It was intense. It was an era. But uh, speaking of keep dropping, uh, Studio Trigger just dropped a movie, Pro Mare. It's uh, in select theaters right now. Uh, me and we saw it at Plaza Theater. Yes, sir. How'd you like the theater? Was that the first time you guys went to that theater, or no? I went one time before. Okay, <laughs> but how, how'd you guys uh, like the the Plaza Theater? Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. It's like an old old, old vibes. Like, oh man, this is. I can imagine this is what going to a movie theater was like going like the seven back in the good old days. <laughs> yeah, I really I really like going to uh, the Plaza Theater just yeah. just because of the way it looks. What's it from there about? Uh, so basically, it's about fire. This a fire rescue team, right? In a world where humans are basically spiritually linked to fire like some are linked to fire and basically they get ostracized and whatever so they set fires okay okay let me help you out so so there's firefighters all right so so okay let's say you people who start fires they're called, fire manipulators there we go yeah, they're called the burnish right so mm-hmm. let's say you are inc- uh, inclined one day you're just Sitting there chilling, and you get really frustrated, and instantly you burst into flames. And now that you burst into flames, and then because of this mental link you have with the with the fire, the fire wants you to burn, right? So now you start setting things on fire, whatever, right? Of course, this is a problem. People could die. Things are burning down to the ground. So the government creates this firefighting team to put these fires out. But you, but the burners are also like actual people. So then they get ostracized from society because at any given time they can just Go up in flames. That's essentially the premise of the show. Of the gotcha. other movie. And it's the conflict between the burnish and the firefighters. That's the premise. It's, but then it's, it's a studio an anime tri- or real life? It's an anime. It's an anime. So it's a, but it's a studio trigger. So if you've ever seen uh Goran Logan or Darling in the Franks, Kill a Kill. Kill a Kill, you know exactly what the movie's gonna be. I ain't seen none of those. Okay. Well, oh man, you gotta do yourself a favor and watch yeah. some of those. Watch oh, Goran Logan. Goran Logan is We've still just watched it before. In general, that's a general anime recommendation. Just go and log in. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, 
Yeah. It's Studio Trigger being Studio Trigger, like doing all their tropes, and it's like they get they got a budget and said, "All right, go for it." Let's 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 sauce this motherfucker up. Like the thing that makes that movie so good to me is one. If I'm sure if you're not familiar, like you, you're not familiar with any of those anime works, you would still watch this and be like, "Yo, this is really fucking tight." Because the opening sequence that's one of the best opening sequences I've seen in anime in years. I would say it's the second best I've ever seen. Yeah. Second best anime movie? Second best, no, it's like opening sequence. Oh. Like, this how it opens. It's like, yeah. how it gets you into, like, the movie and yeah. everything accustomed. Like, as soon as you see the opening sequence, you're like, oh, I know exactly. From the animation to the sound effects yeah. to the OST, it's like, yo, I'm fucking in this shit. Literally through the introductions of the characters. Like, like I, you know exactly what you're in for. Yeah. And those cutaways, it's like, boom, you're getting, like. Those, you know, super Japanese anime style cutaways, like on some persona type shit. Gotcha. With the text. It's it's lit. It's very colorful and angular. Like every everything in our fucking movies are either a fucking parallel parallelogram, a triangle, square. square. <laughs> like it's all a lot of sharp shapes. Yeah, it's all angles and super colorful and vibrant. Yeah, there's points where there's like a good mixture of like three D animation and two D animation. It's points where everything's in three D, then instantly like you blink and everything's in two D. And then there's like parts where it's this weird mix and things go from being two D to three D and three D to two like it's a visual masterpiece. In fact, the only opening sequence I seen better than this is Redline. And if you haven't seen Redline, go watch Redline. But um yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing movie. Like, I knew it was gonna be good, but I didn't know it was gonna be that good. Oh word! Yeah, it's like t- two hours, and it's like once you in there, it's like being on a roller coaster is always going up, and just never stop. It's like, bruh, bruh, you don't get a chance to break. You don't get a chance to breathe. It's constantly hitting you over the head, like boom, 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 boom. There's like small parts. It's like, okay, so this, this is, is just transition from this part to this part. This is just a movie or is it a TV show too? This just was a just a movie. And the thing that's that really sold the opening sequence for me is this, like the Super Sentai vibes. I know you okay. were just talking about Super Sentai. Oh, yeah. So those yeah. Super Sentai Power Ranger-esque like mechs in like suits – just battling like this shit is. Yeah, literally after we saw the movie, I was like, damn, I almost wish this was a TV show because I want to learn more about the other characters. Yeah. Because it's confined. You only get, the, you know, the main plot of the movie. But it's all these little side plots and things they could have gotten into. This is really it. colorful. Yeah, he's like, dang, this is what. Yeah, that's that's one say. of the main reasons why I don't really like uh, anime movies because it always wants me, it always makes me want more. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a selfish reason you don't like them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure they're wonderful, but it's just like I don't, I don't want to put myself through that. Nah, but I'll probably, I'll probably, I, I, I'll, I'll, probably might, I'll probably might see this one though. But no, no Josh, not. you have to see this actually. Yeah. Yeah. Is it playing? You, you said you said you said it was uh, the le- Is it playing at the Plaza Theater again? Yeah, it's yeah. playing all okay. week at the Plaza Theater, at like two two thirty shit like that. Okay, yeah, Wait, it should be a is later that the one show. by Piedmont. Yeah, it's yeah, right yeah, next to that. Um, next to that, Urban Outfitters. Urban Outfitters on Ponce. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's right there. Just go up. Yeah, the specific times. Um, if you in uh, Positive, they still have matinees, so the tickets like usually thirteen dollars, and we went and got it for like eleven. Mm. But it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, it's great. Um, we saw the subbed version, and I remember when the first movie came, first came out, there was the dubbed one. So now, like, I want to go back and see the dub, the dub now. I heard it, it's a very 
really, really good dub cast. Yeah. So I wanted like this. This is the one just to really go see the movie again. Yeah. But not like the, definitely. That's but, you know, that's a that's a watch again. Like that if that if we were putting that in tier list, that's our like off ripping God tier. Yeah. Yeah. But Branch. it's like best I, anime movie I've seen in years. Yeah. Because cause I, I really because I really like Redline. Yeah. So it's yeah. okay. It's yeah. bro, you bro, you like Gurren Logan. There's. Bro, there's so many fucking even, references. Like, even, in the tra- even in the trailers, like, this is my nigga, in the first 30s, uh, bro, on some Spiral King shit, the, oh. yeah, it's just like, go see it. I don't it, want to spoil too much. Just it's just references it. upon references. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, I was just about yeah. to start watching uh, re- redo uh, Killer Kill again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm saying is, yeah. They show you love. Like, if you, if you fuck with their shit, they're showing love. Like, dead ass. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I need this poster. I don't want to buy the DVD. Get it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, on the note of anime, we just uh, finished up Cycle Pass Season 2. I watched that for the first time. Because Season 3 got announced. That's supposed to be coming out either this year or next year. How does Season 2 go again? Uh, It's Conway. What? Conway, that's the... Name of the villain. Yeah, that's the dude. I remember. Basically, he was undetectable by the civil by the civil system. Like he just got completely ignored. Like the dude in the first season, you could see him, but his hue was crystal clear. Yeah, he was asymptomatic. So essentially, he the villain from the first season, he can kill you, and his blood pressure, none of his heart rate, he won't feel bad about it. Sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. And the system, civil system, couldn't read a person like that. So the whole plot, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Cycle Pass, but the whole plot of the first season is, oh, what do you do with a person who doesn't feel empathy for for killing people or anything like that, whatever, right? Do you come to find out the civil system you is add just them to a, your group? Is this a hive mind made up of nothing but people who who think this way? And the thing is, if you have a bunch of people who are all, you know, they always make the right decision because they're not making they're not making it based off emotion. And that's what the civil system is based off of. So season two is a question of okay, it's a it's like the God paradox. So right, um, what will win an unstoppable object or unmovable uh, unstoppable unstoppable force or unmovable object? If they were to collide, what would happen? That's the question of season two. So Kamui is a collective human in in a sense, like essentially it's like. I think the plot is. And y'all plan on watching this? I've seen it. I just don't remember none of this. Josh, so I watched watching it when it came out. season two. Um, probably not. Okay, so um, it's fine. Yeah, it's really good. So I, I like season one better. So essentially, though. it was this plane crash, and everyone on the plane died. But there was this one boy who was alive enough that like, damn, we could probably save him. How are we going to save him? So they basically stitched together the brain. They had like he. His brain was made up of like seven different brains. They end up fusing together. Oh, it was way more than that. Yeah, but it had, I think essentially his body ended up being made of 250 different people. They did that to save his life. So eventually, in the beginning, he was be able to be seen by the civil system. But as he got older and older, he became invisible. And then he started, he said he started committing crimes as an actor. He wanted to be seen. And then that led into the whole deeper plot line of the story and everything like that. But essentially becomes... Can the civil system judge itself? Can a hive mind ju- if you right. know? So that's the that's the part of the same. Right, I kind of remember. Yeah, but after seeing season two again, 
I was like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do for season three. Like, I don't know where you take this story I don't know. from here. I, it's I been had long some problems with season two, whatever. if mm. we're being real. Like, I understand. The thing about what they were trying to do, like, wanting to judge a group, like, judging groups and collectives, I feel like that's worse off than judging individuals. Yeah, like they even addressed that in this in the season. And it's I'm like, like, okay, why are you addressing it if you know that shit's stupid? Just like, oh yeah, this is just gonna lead, hopefully, into so I guess season three could be the ramifications of the shit that popped off with this season. And then that one dude Maybe they just do a time skip. Maybe they do a time yeah, skip. Maybe it could be completely different characters. Yeah. Um the the guy who ran away in season one, he can come back. Kogami. Yeah. They could, they could bring him back because they referenced him a lot in season two. He was definitely the most popular character. I was surprised they just did away with him and never brought him back. Yeah. Or um, eventually, I don't know, you can see society rise up and it's like, yeah, fuck the civil system. Shit's going down. It's a, different way, a couple different ways they can play. Yeah, they, they could, but I, I, I generally, I was surprised. Like, I thought this is it because I don't, I don't think Psychopath is based off like a manga or anything. No, I don't remember. It's been so fucking long. Yeah, I think it's one of. The, I think it's an original. So as I'm, I'm always surprised when those get a lot of like uh, sequels and stuff. You looking it up? Yep. Okay. So guys, remember when I asked you how much would you pay for the complete um, set of Marvel movies? It's episodes, episodes ago. Yeah. All twenty three movies. What's your price point? How much would you actually, pay for that? They, I actually saw that it's available now. I yeah. saw another price point of it. Twelve dollars. Yeah. Twelve dollars. Jared, how much would you pay for all twenty three movies? I just wouldn't. Okay, so the collector's edition for all twenty three movies, the Infinity Saga, five hundred and fifty dollars. Does it come in the Infinity Gauntlet? Do they know they're on no. the internet? Nice is not the one I saw. So there, so it's, so it is, so it is, it, 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 you just get all the movies, but you don't get any special edition case or yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, you get a special edition case, you get a, a special poster, all the movies lined up, the binding of each like set, every phase has like a different booklet cover, you get all that, but you also get an additional disc that has every single deleted scene from every single movie. All right there. So some people are saying, so if I was a super Marvel head and yeah, I bought I, if, all if, if 23 I, if movies. I was, if, I was really, if I was really, really, really into it, then yeah, I figured that would be worth it. Yeah, so now you're telling me I'm going to spend $550 for just for this bonus content. Even, even the deleted scenes that didn't make previous DVDs. Like we had the Black Panther DVD, so we saw all those deleted scenes. So it's going to have those deleted scenes plus other scenes they shot for the movie that they just didn't show. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, wow. So all the things, all the things they wanted to do that they just didn't. That's all right there. Yeah, if I if I was a super if I was super super Marvel comic book fan slash Marvel movie fan, all of that, possibly. I don't know, but like literally, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, and I don't know anything that I would be um, that much of a fan of to spend five hundred fifty dollars. But I can see that it would make sense if you know somebody did get that. But literally, all these movies are going to be not free on streaming, but like if you had Disney Plus, all the movies gonna be right there. You don't have to. But is it, is, it, is, is there a Blu-ray edition? Yeah, I think that's Yeah, I mean it's it's more it's more than just I guess like when you're I guess like when you're a fan it's more than just you know that's having access thing. to the content. It's, I'm not about to pay five hundred dollars for some shit I'm not gonna watch. Yeah. How many of those movies are you actually gonna fucking watch? 
I mean, it, oh, it's seven. Gonna, for, for, <laughs> the, for the for the very specific people who are going to be buying it. Oh yeah, no, if I'm spending five hundred fifty dollars, one one I don't know if I'm opening it. I would have to buy a new TV for that. You're buying it, it for collection purposes. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is also a limited edition. There's only a set number of those out there. So you have to like pre-order. It's a couple like YouTubers is like yeah. I was, I was only able to get three. I had one for myself, and I got two to give away. So yeah, follow me. Yada yada. So like, it's gonna be hard to like. You're not gonna be able to roll up in Best Buy and. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'll put, I'll put it this way: What if there were? What if there was like a five five of vinyl album, uh, Kid Cudi box set. With a documentary that he shot the entire since he since he started. I mean, that's that's since, different since, though. That's since, not like that's since not like, like big tape Cuddy. There was a documentary like that been, shitty that movies been, that I don't want to watch, or movies that I've seen a fucking hundred times already. Yeah, he's got a point. I mean, that's that's completely that's apples and oranges. I mean, it's, it's I guess it's the general the general concept of a, of a, of a super fan. It doesn't make sense for Thor three. <laughs> My I'm nigga. sorry, Thor two and Thor one. My nigga. They're finessing you. That is finessing. For Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, Captain America 1. Um, Get that shit out of here. The Hulk. <laughs> come on, Any dog. Hulk. Like, yeah, come they, on. Come on. They hate you. Yeah, dog. <laughs> Age of Ultron? Get that shit out of here. Age of Ultron's good. It was that a, shit sucked. It was right. I haven't seen it in a long I would have to re. I would have to rewatch it. It was okay. I'll, I'll, would you pay $500 for Age of Ultron? <laughs> No. And you gonna follow that bitch up with Thor Dark World? No! <laughs> They're finessing you. You letting Disney take your fucking money. Come on now. Yeah, me per- me personally. You'd get it? No. I would flame your ass <laughs> every day. I'm like, you watch the Thor Dark World again? <laughs> I'll make the same fucking joke too, just to make a point out of it. $500? No, I We already paid for Disney Plus. No, Disney I wouldn't. Plus, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. If you got Amazon Prime, you got Twitch Prime. You can fuck with me on Twitch. But, like, come on, bro. <laughs> BET? BET now? <laughs> BET her? Come on, man. They're showing us the same goddamn movies. And you gonna pay $500 for some fucking Marvel films? Yeah, that's on you, dog. Come on, man. I, I would like to make a point to say I was not intending to buy it. I'm just saying I would understand if somebody was. If worse. anybody's listening to this and you bought it, call me. Fuck you. <laughs> so I can bully you. So you won't want to see that DVD of all the deleted scenes? <laughs> Give a damn. I can watch it on YouTube. Like, yeah, somebody's gonna rip somebody's gonna rip that shit and put it on the Come internet. Come on, bro. Like in this age, hell nah. Hell nah. I can go buy that Naruto Shippuden fucking <laughs> jacket for all that. <laughs> yeah. like, have y'all seen that? Those coach jackets? They're not even that fine. Nah, nah. Yeah, nah. It's, it's Michael B. Jordan and Coach. It's nowhere near fine enough to uh, make a line of Naruto. It's like here's a, he just here's a Killmonger just, jacket with fucking Naruto on it. It's a play, it's a plain it's a plain denim jacket with like something that any any there's anime 50, fan would would have had. There's on a fifty dollar Naruto shirt that I swear I seen a I seen better shirts at Hot Topic for fifteen. Bro, I own God better damn. shirts this at Hot Topic. Jacket is fifteen hundred dollars. Wait, the jacket is fifteen hundred. I saw one, one was one like eight hundred. Who knows? Those just might have sold, and then like, bro, yeah, hype beast dog. They still exist. <laughs> yeah, man. They're yeah, fucking this, up the market. This jacket is fifteen hundred. That's crazy. They're out here buying fucking Marvel, Marvel series. No, just have a Chi Han clan on the back of it. Yeah, I'm not with it. Uh, anybody got any one more things that they want to 
bring out Zemo, have you thought of your controversial truth? Oh, wait. Before you get to that, uh, yeah, Spider-Man's back? Oh, Spider-Man is back in the MCU. You should probably say that. He's oh, back, baby. What a surprise. That's crazy. Yay. But he's only back. Currently, there's only a one-in-one deal. So Disney's making the next Spider-Man movie. And he has one. He's on the tr- contract for one more tie-in to the bigger Marvel oh, Cinematic Universe. I hope these trillion-dollar companies can figure out a way to keep speeding, putting Spider-Man in their movies. What are we going to do? Bro, people were saying that Tom Holland went and like met up with the people personally. He was like, hey, guys. Dancing what? on the table like Bobby Smarter. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he said that was the actual thing. He came in because he said the problems was because the big corporate people, the people who wanted the money, they didn't want it to do it anymore. So he had to get, so Tom Holland had to appeal to like the, the guy over Sony Pictures. and Look, bro, the and, internet is ripping us a new one, isn't it? Yeah, and Bob Iger, and he had to sit them both down and like, look. Come Probably on, like guys. who the fuck is this but guy? He, he wrote on Spider Man and he's got some one fire cocaine though. <laughs> so yeah, so he said he really played a central role in getting Spider Man back to the MCU. But it is just a one to one deal. So we're gonna get that Spider Man three movie and whatever Marvel movie you want to see him pop up in. I mean, maybe the Fantastic Four, maybe the next Avengers movie if that's a thing. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe Bro, Blade. all those shits are so far down the line, though. We need him in Blade. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, like, if you're going to make Blade PG-13, you might as well throw Spider-Man in it. Yeah, on currently, but on current on Sony's current run, they want a Spider-Man movie every other year. So. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. They can enter the Spider-Verse us to death. Well, that's fine. Well, that's coming out. Sorry, that's already been confirmed for a second movie. Uh, we'll see. That was it, though. By the time you hear this... Probably should have been known, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, is he controversial? <clears throat> Power is one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my entire life. That's not controversial. Well, that's all I got, man. No, no, no. People are saying Power is better than The Wire. People are saying Power is better than Game of Thrones. People are smoking di- Whoa, with that last season of Game of Thrones. No, this, have this you is seen the last, last season, season of, of, Power? Power? of Power. It's awful. No, I don't watch that shit. It is some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. Would y'all pay five hundred dollars for a power uh, box? <laughs> I mean, Josh probably would, but the rest of us. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just want to see the deleted scenes of Fifty Cent actually killing somebody. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a different sex scene in every episode of Power, so it's it gets pretty weird. It's just softcore porn. Mm, no, 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 it's just porn. It's just porn. <laughs> just porn. ebony porn. Yeah, just okay, ebony porn. You get to see Lala's titties. That's is that for sure? Do I look like Carmelo Anthony? He's not even into that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his controversial truth. Uh, <laughs> Sponsored by Honey Net Cheerios. <laughs> wow. We're not, we're not doing this. We're not Woo. doing this. That's a good way to end it. Yeah, that's real. Uh, well, anyway, this has been episode 38 of Three Piece Set Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at SpeedwagonX. You can follow us collectively at Three Piece Set Pod. Make sure y'all show us some love on there. Uh, you can check us out on your favorite streaming service. Leave us reviews. We are on Podcast in Color. We've been on there for a while. We just forgot. Um, so make sure y'all check those out. Uh, Ashton, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ash underscore Doe underscore Stampede uh, A underscore Sunset everywhere else. Yeah, be sure to like and subscribe. Yeah, how you look at Josh, where can we find you? I know Jones everywhere. Fuck yeah. And then for the final time, where are you located? They can find me on Twitter at underscore Spirit Gun until I inevitably change it. 
You're gonna change it? Do people still do that, yeah? Change their Twitter name? Yeah. I'm just gonna do that. I'm gonna just, you know, if Twitter ever comes from me, I'm gonna change what Twitter name so no one can find I mean, I keep, I keep the handle, but the actual name I change frequently. Well, yeah, I do that, but like, change I change my handle, handle every couple of years. I change my handle like three times after. For fucking you, Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Z, you know, there's always an open chair here. Appreciate um, it. You know, anytime you're in Atlanta, if you want to take that five hour Yeah, if you're, if you're in Atlanta on a, on the other Sunday, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. Yeah. Word. Definitely do. It's been a fun if, ride. If you got a spicy truth, uh, I'll, I'll call you in. Somebody edited in the graduation song uh, when we air this episode, but. Yeah, it's been fun. Or we do a special uh, West Coast edition of three pieces. Yeah, the phone in. Yeah, be a better time for me too. Yeah, Skype you. Something like that. Niggas take Skype. Uvu. Zoom. Niggas remove Uvu. Hey, bro, niggas paying five hundred dollars for box sets. Niggas still using (laughs) Skype, dog. You can't afford. You can't afford nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, it's been a No It's Good production. Blah.